0: the people who struggle to build an audience on another platform there's a big incentive for them to start on something like this and I've, i've i've never built a social following on any other platform in my life um of any size you know and i've managed to build uh not you know not that i'm saying you know these vanity metrics are massively important but it's just super interesting how you know, as we're having this conversation, people who can't build one elsewhere, I, I've, what's my 12 and a half thousand followers in like a hundred days or something like that. I mean, you, you you know, and I've never been able to build an audience on Instagram. Now, all of a sudden, because it's linked to your Instagram, for those who don't know, you know, you've, you it links to your Instagram or your Twitter account. So for people to message you, you have to sync your Instagram or your Twitter up. I've tripled my Instagram audience in a hundred days as well. Mm. So it's, it's yeah, I, I feel like we're in the middle of a social media experiment, which is quite interesting.
1: I'm Chris O'Hare, your Quick Win CEO. As a CEO, I have run businesses, founded startups, consultant for others, and even won awards. In this show, we'll be talking to entrepreneurs and experts to help you understand the key concepts for your business along with three quick wins that you can take away and apply to your business today. Every week, we'll be finding out about the entrepreneur themselves and diving into a different but important topic. Have you heard of this new audio-only social media platform called Clubhouse? And it seems to be taking the world by storm. Well, in this episode, we find out what it is, how it can benefit you, and whether it's a child of the pandemic. which just seemed to make people feel... Fed up with Zoom video or fed up with not being able to connect with people socially. And this is the first time we've done this in our podcast, but we've invited back one of our previous guests, Alex Chisler, the podcast expert who has helped people get top 10 podcasts, but also has his own number one podcast. Why you ask? Well, because in the short time span that we last interviewed Alex about podcasts, He's gone from not knowing what Clubhouse is to over 12,500 followers in the space of 100 days. That's a ridiculous amount of growth and something that I've never seen before. If you don't know anything about Clubhouse, you need to listen to this episode. So here we go. Again, Alex Chisnell. Thanks for coming back on the show, Alex. Firstly, tell me the last thing that you read or watched or did that left an impression on you. It could be a Netflix series, funny video, book that you read or even a quote that you've heard.
0: Or a fast food restaurant.
1: Or a fast food restaurant.
0: But it's not going to be. Um, <laughs> I would say it's going to be a conversation I had the other day uh, with the guys from Pure Sports CBD. And um, guy there, Will Googe, set up their running club. Um, and it, c- 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 CBD brands, those um, people probably know what CBD and the benefits that, that you get from CBD um, they've got a running club and he's like an ultra distance runner, um, super fit guy. And we were chatting about this guy in clubhouse called Jack Ravel who ran hundred K in a day. And we're saying how amazing that was. And I supported his room doing all that. And anyway, this guy will just went, oh, "Well, uh, I'm always up for a challenge. Um, I'm running a marathon in every County, uh, in September. I was just like that. Huh? in every county how, how many counties are there i don't even know how many counties there are in the uk and he's like 48 i was like uh there's 30 days in september <laughs> That means you're running like some every other day you're running two marathons And i was just like isn't it amazing what people think is achievable like some people literally have no ceiling and what they believe and you could probably you know, without going into a monologue here, take that back to whomever, Steve Jobs or first man on the moon, you know, that the, the scientist who built that technology to get somebody on the moon. But I just found that amazing that somebody could even think of doing something like that. For me, running my first marathon last year during lockdown, you know, was a big enough thing to do. But to do one every other day, two every other day, uh, at least one a day, it just blew my mind. So that's, yeah, that's my share.
1: I thought the Ironman was uh, was hard enough. And uh, I know people have done that. Yeah. But that's, that's insane. I mean, I think once you get to a baseline, you know your baseline. And you know that you can achieve, you know, maybe a couple of marathons. I think it's it's quite easy to say, well, I could just do that every day. Well, what's mm. the difference? Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's, that's something I've actually been thinking about a lot in life is that You've got to get to that plateau and that that point where you know you can achieve something where you can start looking at, maybe you can achieve something a bit further. And for me, I think it's quite imp- important for my performance is that I recognize that and that I can do it. And I, I'll always look back to the times that I can do these things. I don't know if you feel that way. I mean, you you basically go swimming every morning, right? But there must've been at the beginning where you thought, can I do this every single day, right? And I bet you that's quite hard.
0: Yeah, well, do you know what? It's, um, one of the guys said uh, to me, that I, I said, We're coming, I'm coming up to a year of swimming in the sea on May the 31st, 2021. And, um, and one of the guys said, um, oh, you should have counted how many days you've actually been in the sea since May the 31st. And I was like, dude, I never thought I was going to last longer than a month. Or mm. I didn't even know how long I was going to do it for. So all of a sudden to be faced with, it's literally uh, nearly a year is insane. And and I, you know, M- March just gone now, I went in every single day. I literally just made a, set my intention that I was going to try and get things back on track because I smashed January, like personally, you know, health-wise, fitness-wise, I smashed it. I, I ran first half marathon of the year, got my PB from the 10K and then Clubhouse came along and February and March, you know, suddenly all of my non-negotiables in life started going out the window, you know? So I set my intention and I went every single day. And one of the other guys started with me and he never got there. Um, And everyone just kept saying, wow, I can't believe you've done every day. And I was like, well, for me, it's once I set my intention, I'm going to do something. I don't question it. I just do it. And it was the same as when I ran the marathon or when I'm getting up to when I did 75 hard, which I've talked about before, you know, exercising twice a day, 45 minutes each time. And with the C it was almost like, it's the same mindset as when I ran the marathon. It's like I'm doing this because it's uncomfortable because it doesn't actually get any easier. I I think apparently your body gets used to the temperature over time, but it's still bloody cold every day when you go in, even after a year of it. And it's dropped down to like four degrees. It's back up to like nine at the moment but that still feels bloody cold, you know, and it's just putting yourself through something that's, you know, not particularly pleasurable, but you feel you've actually achieved something. And I go there for sunrise, you know, and it's amazing to appreciate that and see the sunrise every day. I've never done that in my life before, literally seeing the sunrise every day, you know, just take it for granted. Yeah. So.
1: Mm. I love that. And the fact that you started off and you didn't see that was that you would carry on for a year and you just kind of just but that's what that's what I mean by baseline. You set a baseline and you know it's achievable. So, you know, what's next? What's the next thing that you can achieve?
0: Yeah. And you set, you know, for us it was like once we'd been going for a month you know, one of the guys said, oh, we should keep going until we get to Christmas. And then someone said, oh, we should try and get through to the new year, see the new year in. And then, you know, we've seen the year, we might as well bloody keep going now. Mm. So it it, it is that whole thing, whether in business or in life, I think, you know, breaking things down into manageable chunks. And manageable chunks for me was literally pretty obvious, but one day at a time for it, you know, and I've, you know, zero expectations, but you are pleasantly surprised, every day um and it's been you know i've never seen the fact that every this might sound really obvious again but every day the weather is different i don't know if you live in la it probably isn't or my miami it's pretty similar every day but for me like today it was glorious the sun was shining yesterday i've never experienced this before in my life i couldn't see one hand in front of the other and walking out into the water i just saw these four shapes now these four girls out there doing the same as what i do and i know them now because we see each other down the beach but it looked and i filmed it and i put it out as a reel on instagram and it looked like something out of um, macbeth or the witches of eastwick they literally <laughs> look like these four priestesses or witches literally like chanting in the middle of the scene it so random if you come across that walking the dog or something like that it was
1: yeah
0: you know but it's um yeah i love the fact that i get to appreciate every day is is very very different and the fact that you know, you, you, listen, you listen to someone like Tim Ferriss and they're like, you know, make your bed and you feel like you've achieved something. I was like, well, do more than that. <laughs> Put yourself in, uh, you know, out of your comfort zone and actually get into cold water or, you know, go for a run or crack out a workout or, yeah. Whatever floats your boat, really, eh? But do something.
1: Well, like, like I said, it, it just gives you that idea that you can achieve these things as well. But, I mean, I, I can't even do cold showers I got through about a month of cold showers and the winter hit, and I was like, mm. now nah, the cold water feels a bit too cold. Um, yeah. so, I okay, struggle
0: but- with cold showers, though. I found, I found the sea easier. Uh,
1: is it because is it you dunk yourself all at once? Is that what it is almost? It might
0: be because you literally, I mean, I was doing the showers, but I, for my because I was doing this 75 hard, the showers had to be five minutes minimum. And I'd get to two or three minutes and I'd be like, okay, I'm done now. And then I would just put, turn my music on louder and I'd just be dancing in the bath under the shower, just to try and get through it and singing the song at the top of my head like some complete loon bag. But I found it really, really uncomfortable. But we're going to see and we're going for longer than five minutes. That's the funny thing. And it's like total immersion, whereas yeah. maybe with the shower, it's focused on one particular spot really, isn't it? Your head.
1: <laughs> but I've heard as well that, you create like um, an air bubble of, of kind of heat around you. So um, with the shower, you've just got that constant running water where it's, yeah, it's yeah. taking the heat away from you constantly, yeah. and that's why it can be quite hard. Um, mm. Obviously, it depends on how rough the uh, the, the sea is, but um, if it's quite rough, then that doesn't really count. But, yeah, that's that's yeah. what I think.
0: When it's rough, that's my favourite. When you get in these huge waves, um, I I don't even don't even feel the cold, if that makes sense. You do then, because all of a sudden you get like this, we call it ice cream head, like your head is literally freezing, freezing, freezing cold. Um, Because we're we're like, but just body surfing in the waves, like when it's really waving. And and it's very different to like yesterday when it was like a piece of glass, completely and utterly tranquil. And you're literally, you know, having a quiet moment to yourself, if you're on your own or... Chanting if you're with three other girls, clearly.
1: <laughs> Sounds strange. But um, in your own words, give us an understanding of what it is that you do. I mean, you've obviously been on this show before, so you can be quite brief. But what is it that you do?
0: Yeah, so I'm the founder of a company called Podpreneur. And we make top 10 podcasts for entrepreneurs to help them build their credibility and their authority in their space. That's nice and short. Sure.
1: Yeah, Yeah. nice, short, and succinct. Um, You've been practicing that because you've been on Clubhouse for so long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) 10-second intros every day. DM me on Instagram for a copy of my free podcast launch checklist. (laughs) Uh,
1: So if anyone is listening, what is Clubhouse, right? So we've heard it mentioned a couple of times um, on this episode already, but give us an idea of what your description of, of Clubhouse is.
0: For me, it's live podcast meets talk radio meets digital events, it's some kind of hybrid of those, of those three things. Um, and at the, at the moment, the way it works is, you know, if you're not there, you missed it, and there's no other way. It's that FOMO. Um, so it's literally like hosting a live event Uh, where you have speakers on the stage where the audience can put their hand up and interact and ask questions. Um, And there are, you know, rooms, as they call them, instead of events, running for every topic under the sun that you've ever heard of, you know, from uh, crystals to calligraphy and everything in between. There you go. Um, And it's invite only. It's audio only, which is probably why I like it so much. You don't have to faff about with doing, you know, like a live Instagram or LinkedIn where you've got to make sure you the room behind you is tidy. You've got a lighting rig, um, put your makeup on in your case, Chris. And um, <laughs> you know, you, you all, all of that visual stuff. I you know, had to do one the other day and it was just like, felt so alien after doing clubhouse for like a hundred days to mm. then go and do one Instagram live. And I didn't like it. I have to say, mm. I got into it, of course, but that, and, Initial bit of setting everything up was like such a ball ache.
1: Mm-hmm. And For me, it, it feels quite similar to the, the kind of events it used to uh, do where you'd have a small intimate group of people. You'd have a few speakers and then people would raise their hand and say, look, I have a question. And essentially, you're just mimicking that quite intimate setting of, of got, you know, a, an audience with your speakers. Um but it's audio only and it can spread across the whole of the internet and and actually the whole world can join in and you're not focused on a, on a location. And yeah. for me, waking up and not thinking about, you know, how I look to go live, um, especially, I think it came at a good time as well when Zoom fatigue, had, yeah. you know, hit when people just couldn't be bothered going on camera and Especially in the UK, because it was like you know, just the, it became really popular around the third lockdown, right? And for me, I think everyone was like, oh, "I don't want to go on camera anymore." This is a great platform, and I was basically still in bed half the time. If I was joining something at seven in the morning, I was still in bed. You know, turn it on, have a listen, um, yeah. and 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 chime in if I wanted to. But what a what a weird niche or or that that it's become that that's needed right and i and i do wonder if there was no covid that it wouldn't exist i mean what do you think
0: yeah yeah no i'm i'm the same i wonder whether it's a a product of its time whether it would have happened without people being at home not socializing um not meeting up at physical events and i wonder you know if the popularity will increase Um, who knows? And I know they've already done like another funding round and it's gone from being valued at a billion in January to 90 days later being valued at 4 billion. I mean, how you value that? I have no clue, but, um, and the fact that there are other uh, social media platforms like Twitter have brought out their version spaces. There's another one out there that's like a direct rival to Clubhouse and then Facebook, I believe literally now are launching Mm -hmm. One as well. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same as you I wonder, I really do wonder whether, you know, it was literally at the perfect wave for them. Perfect time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, people were craving human interaction, contact, definite zoom fatigue. I mean, you look back, I've forgotten what it's even called now that party app that people first with the first lockdown that everybody jumped on and then everybody jumped off that and jumped on zoom. And no, one, I can't even remember the name of that one now, but at the time their share price went up, they were super popular. Yeah.
1: I think um, was it House Party or that's was, it, was that that's it? it?
0: You got it, yeah.
1: But but there was also another app that was quite similar to House Party. But there was um, Periscope. Do you remember yep. Periscope? I do. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah,
0: wasn't it? Yes, yeah. which Twitter.
1: they've just recently shut it down. But that feels very similar mm. to the way that Clubhouse feels at the moment. It, it, just this massive hype around it, and then it's kind of maybe peter out later on as people's tastes and you know desire for these kind of platforms um, change over time and I think if more people are going to go out now socially mm-hmm. is clubhouse still going to be around um,
0: there, there is that and then you also think well podcasts have been around for, for many years and again they the popularity went up during lockdown mm-hmm. um, people, I think the appetite for podcasts are always there because people can you know, deep dive into a particular topic. Um, They can multitask while they're doing it. And I do wonder with Clubhouse, if you're a listener, you can multitask while you're listening, Mm. but you would not be able to do it as you would know from hosting rooms. You couldn't do it as a host of a room or a moderator slash speaker on stage. You would have to be looking at the phone or the ipad to be able to to do that but for 99 for of people who use it who are going to be listening then maybe it's you know really similar experience it's just a different experience than listening to a podcast because mm. they're a lot busier there's a lot more going on and there's those things like you could raise your hand and, and look for me for, for a number of years chatting to the likes of rob moore from the disruptive entrepreneur or Stephen Bartlett from social chain who I've had both had on my podcast. We were all talking about, you know, how do you get the audience of a podcast to interact with the host more? And then boom, this arrived and no one saw it coming. We did wonder. I think Stephen started, you know, Stephen was one of the first person I heard talking about it, but saying, you know, is the next social media platform podcast to interact with their audience and then, Hey, maybe he's got shares in it. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You could be right there, but, um, I think another thing about clubhouse is that it's quite raw unedited
0: mm, great. authentic yeah
1: and so you can't fake being that celebrity or that person whereas a lot of social media these days you basically have a whole team running it right and so you don't necessarily know if that person's actually influencing what's going on those platforms yeah and Whereas Clubhouse, you have to be there. You have to be the person because everyone can hear it in your voice. Um, it's not pre-recorded because they're answering questions. And they may have the same thing as they're worried about how they look. They're not worried about how they sound. And therefore, they just chime in. Um, I mean, I was watching Snoop Dogg. No,
0: watching. Me too, yeah. Listening Snoop Yeah.
1: I was listening to Snoop Dogg the other day. and But it feels like watching because you can see their little icon with the little bubble flashing. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. weird um there's, and maybe maybe there's a there's, there's a psychological element around that that you feel like you have to see something moving mm-hmm. i don't know um to make it feel like they're actually interacting with you um yeah I don't you
0: do look at all of the icons of their faces for sure and you, you then think you, again you you form this relationship with that voice mm-hmm. and um the connotation is obviously with the profile picture and then some people change their profile pictures and you're like, well, hang on. I didn't think you looked like that. I thought you looked like <laughs> that one, in like your mind's eye, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the funny thing was a load of us did a, not a load of us. It was like a handful of us. Jeremy started it. There was a bunch of us actually met on a zoom and that was, Hilarious to actually see everybody what they look like. Mm. People are like, "You look, look like just like your profile picture, Alex." And I'm like, "Sherlock, it's me." <laughs> 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 I haven't put a picture of me 30 years ago on there, like some people probably have done. You yeah. know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing; they can get away with it, right? Yeah. no But and I think that's another reason why, like I said, celebrities are, um, are probably using it is that they don't have to worry about that side of it. um yeah. And I and I've listened to quite a few famous people on there now and and actually i feel more connected to them Mm. through that platform than than anywhere i've seen them even on tv because i feel like it's so edited that it doesn't feel like their natural self filtered,
0: edited all of that yeah Mm -hmm. which interestingly i was in a room and i heard somebody said somebody say who was an agent um and you, you know you looked him up and he was who he said he was and he was like the reason you haven't got you know, the Justin Bieber's of this world on there is because they're scared of saying something <laughs> that they shouldn't say in a live environment, or somebody asks a question and they get into a bit of a discussion and they drop their guard. And next thing you know, it's all over the mm. whatever the equivalent uh, newspaper is in the States. You know, um, I don't know. Give me a tabloid name. I can't even think of one, but you know what I mean.
1: I, I do. I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah. So maybe it's just the celebrities that are driving the growth at the moment. But as they start to become wary of doing that, when they're high or drunk, um, one of the two, especially if you're in LA, um, then will they start coming off the platform? And will that start to slow the growth of the platform? Because to be fair, I went on the platform because there was all these cool people going on the platform. And I was Mm. like, hang on. Well, if they're doing it, then there must be something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I mean, I mean, they've kept to this invite only model. I haven't given an invite out for ages now, though. I I haven't been, I haven't been kind of incentivized to do it. It's another action to take, isn't it? It's almost like, you know, how hard is it to get people to rate and review your podcast? Hint to everybody listening, rate and review Chris's podcast. But it's true, isn't it? You know, to Mm -hmm. get people to take an extra action um, that, I mean, they're trying to keep it within that app, obviously, that connects with your contacts. For those who who don't know, it connects with your phone and the people that you've got listed in your phone as contacts, and you can send them an invite. But it's another action to take, isn't it? What's incentivizing you to do it? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And if if they opened it to everyone, if it wasn't invite only, would there be a massive influx? Would there literally just be no interest? They're only going to know by trying it, eh?
1: Yeah, well, that's it, right? So I know they keep talking about Android's going to be released soon and Mm. because obviously it's only for iPhones. May, Um, apparently, yeah. May, right, okay. So, I mean, they kept saying Android for about the past two months, I would say, and it still hasn't happened. Mm. And I think maybe they've lost a bit of that peak that they were kind of riding, Um, and I think maybe that's going to allow other platforms to kind of steal the march. yeah. I, I don't know because obviously Twitter spaces is, you know, still in beta. There's very limited amount of people that are using that. And obviously if Facebook get theirs out, then, you know, these influencers are already built an audience on Facebook, Twitter. Why would they go to Clubhouse yeah. to rebuild that audience? Yeah, it, it makes no sense for them. And so that if they're famous, if the famous people stay on the platforms, they've already done all the hard work, what's the hell going to happen to Clubhouse? saying that. that Come
0: on, yeah. No, I mean that was one of the interesting things that I, when I first found out about it and, and read about it, it was like you know you could literally drop in and drop into a room and hear. Um, I think the, the examples I gave was you know Oprah Winfrey having a conversation, or you could hear Jared Leto, you know Hollywood actor, having a conversation. It was like that that opportunity to actually have an interaction with somebody that you uh, look up to admire, find interesting. That's one of the attractions, but if none of those people are on there. hmm. Mm, there Equally flip that around, say, and say the people who struggle to build an audience on another platform, there's a big incentive for them to start on something like this. And I've I've never built a social following on any other platform in my life, um, of any size. You know, and I've managed to build. Uh, not you know, not that I'm saying you know these vanity metrics are massively important, but it's just super interesting how you know, as we're having this conversation, people who can't build one elsewhere. I, I've, what's my twelve and a half thousand followers in like a hundred days or something like that. I mean, you you, you know. And I've never been able to build an audience on Instagram. Now, all of a sudden, because it's linked to your Instagram, for those who don't know, you know, you've, you it links to your Instagram or your Twitter account. So for people to message you, you have to sync your Instagram or your Twitter up. I've tripled my Instagram audience in a hundred days as well. Mm. So it's, it's yeah, I, I feel like we're in the middle of a social media experiment, which is quite interesting. And they've got this creator program, which they're announcing finalists for on saturday coming up 60 finalists which they'll pick 20 winners and those 20 people will receive five grand a month uh to create content on the platform Mm -hmm. so again you feel even more part of like a real life tv show don't you social Mm -hmm. media experiment
1: it does feel like that and it'll be interesting to see how much your audience has grown your followers on the likes of instagram and twitter like is it like a 30% increase considering the likes of your audience on Clubhouse? Say you've got 12 and a half thousand followers on Clubhouse.
0: Um, yes, you've done correct. that in a
1: hundred days. So like how many of them kind of come onto your Instagram and followed you there?
0: Yeah. So, so uh, you're right. So 2000 people have followed me over there. So that's what 20%. Um, and there's, an unf- I mean, everyone's going to have an unfollow rate anyway, but I have an unfollow rate of about 20% once they get over to Instagram. And right. that's like, and that's my own fault because um, in that, what I'm talking about on Clubhouse, they go to my Instagram and it doesn't sync up. It's more of my personal life, me throwing myself in the sea, going running. Mm. So now... Um, you know, one of the new team members that I've onboarded is somebody who just looks after my Instagram because it's a great opportunity to actually um, nurture that audience that's followed me from Clubhouse learning about podcasting and business and content creation to then go, oh, Alex is still talking about that stuff over here. And you can learn more over here as well and in, and in different ways. So I think no. I think that's really important.
1: But it's asynchronous as well, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't require you to be live on Instagram, right? You can just schedule some posts to go out, you can get that all done, and someone else can look after that. Whereas on Clubhouse, yeah. very time intensive, right? So, so right. you've built, if you're not maximizing that um, connection of the two platforms, then obviously, essentially, you're not going to get the exposure unless they go back onto Clubhouse and actively listen to you. Mm-hmm. And therefore that's why I think the the Instagram um, connection is so vital and Twitter as well. Um, but I think more people go to Instagram because it's way more popular, especially with a certain yeah. age group, right? Twitter yeah. tends to be a lot older. Yeah. Um, and if you don't maximize that, then you're, you're missing a trick, right? Mm-hmm. But let's kind of understand how you're currently using Clubhouse. Like what are the rooms that you currently do? Do you go in other people's rooms? What What are the things that you do on Crop House?
0: So it's changed in a hundred days. So when I started, I went into every room, you know, like a kid in a, in a sweet shop, you want to try, oh. try everything. And then you work out that to get traction and to build your own audience and attract the people you want to attract and repel the people you want to repel. You need to put your own flag in the ground and own that piece of online real estate. So then it was, let's start our own rooms and then let's build a club where we host rooms within that club. And for me now we host So I have a co-host, Sabrina Stocker. Um, People will know her from uh, being in 2018's BBC TV Apprentice series. Um, And we co-host a daily show, like a brunch show, I guess, 10 till 11.30 every day, seven days a week. And then we also host evening shows. And now we've started hosting other people running rooms under our club. So more content essentially coming from our club, it's almost like our TV station or our radio station, people running different series under that people who, you know, you come onto the app and it can be quite a daunting place. And you think, how can I, people are scared of starting a room and no one turning up. Whether you're a brand coming to the platform, a celebrity or Joe blogs, and we're, we're all, we're all the same. So if people start a room under our club, because we've got, thousands of members on there, they get notified whenever we go live. So an audience will always turn up. So that is the attraction for somebody wanting to be running rooms under our club. And some people don't want to run clubs. They just want to talk about stuff they're passionate with and they don't want all of the other bits and pieces that come with running a club. So, so that's what I do. I've got super strategic, just because of you said, as we've said a couple of times, it's a massive time suck. And it's also an energy suck. It really Mm. is. It takes a lot of energy. Um, so I've got super strategic I also host like two podcasting rooms a week with Rob Moore but I've got a bit strategic with all of that now and, and I, I literally just run my own rooms with Sabrina, uh, we try and give each other two days off, she's in Dubai so her weekends are Friday Saturday, minus Saturday, Sunday in the UK and um, I, I do feel a responsibility to be an active host when people run rooms under our club, which again is more time But it's meant I'm not going into many other people's rooms, which is where you can build your audience up, because the people Mm. coming to my rooms, a percentage are gonna be my regular loyal audience. And yes, they're gonna be some new people, but the follower growth has massively slowed up. And that that's a thing anywhere anyway on the platform. You speak to other people, it's the same across the board. Mm. But that's also mirrored by my behavior in not having the time now to go into all these other rooms. Now that the world is opening up, now that my, my busy, my business has taken like a year to get back to where it was, um, suddenly super busy again. So you've got to get, you know, super strategic with your time.
1: I love how you said that about your energy because that was the big thing for me. And it was, the feeling that if I was in a room, I had to partake in that room and I couldn't just sit back and, yeah. and enjoy it. And therefore, even if I wasn't speaking, I still had the same kind of energy levels being expended if I was saying nothing, as if I was talking. And and it's kind of one of the reasons why I backed out of doing as many Clubhouse um rooms i mean especially doing your own room and so I, I know exactly so when i started doing my own room i knew exactly how you you feel right and it's quite it's quite daunting day in day out that you've got to do this thing right and mm. you've got to use this energy and you know that you've got something of like a deadline or something that's coming up at the end of the day and you feel like you're sat in this room give it all your energy to this thing that you know that you've got to do something really hard at the end of it, you know, after, after you've done the room. So um, I'm really glad you said that. And I, and I think a lot of people will probably resonate with that who are um, already Clubhouse users. Um, but I love that, that you talked about how the following has slowed up. It's almost like you've created your own network and your own bubble of people. And you're not, to, to kind of break through that bubble, you've got to go in other people's rooms who have created their own networks. Great, and
0: great.
1: Yeah. that's social media in general right so if you're thinking about social media you have this this feeling that you're only marketing to the same people over and over again and it's very very difficult to break out of that and that's why you've got to do all these old school pr tricks of going to talk on other people's podcasts and going to um you know webinars do a pe- webinars for, for new people or to go to conferences and it's about creating your you're breaking through these bubbles of your networks to kind of bring new people into those networks fresh blood and i think that's yeah. something else is really important is that you have got to bring that fresh blood into things otherwise it can get quite stale quite quickly mm. and maybe clubhouse feels a bit like that sometimes yeah yeah especially when they've got the same people on the stage right And because you know they're going to say the same thing over and over again
0: right yeah in, and that's something that we're aware of and has been voiced is that you don't want to see the same faces on the same stages all the time. So we're always up for, and we always articulate it, you know, put your hand up. If you've got something um, to share, DM me on Instagram, we can look at your profile. If you think the subject we're talking about today, you've got Mm -hmm. something to, you've got some knowledge or expertise that you believe you can share with the audience. Or if you've just got a question and you want to come up, whereas there are other rooms you can't do that. There really Mm -hmm. are. But I get, I I think as well, I've got bored with the going in those other rooms. That's another reason that I don't go in those rooms, you know, and you can see what people's intentions are. So yeah, we'll see. it will be interesting. I mean, I I do think if Android comes on in May, then in theory it should get really busy, even if you're losing people because the weather in the UK is really good and you're losing people from the app because, you know, life's gotten in the way, but you just think, if android coming on board surely that's gonna more than make up for the shortfall because at the moment there's only 14 million people on the app in january there was a million you know so
1: mm, really interesting yeah. uh, we've spoken a lot about the the semantics of clubhouse but maybe you need to go into a bit more detail about the benefits of of the rapid growth of one your business right this is cre- this has plugged a hole that probably covid created
0: Mm.
1: two how it's blown up your social media but like in a way that i don't think people can really understand like you cannot get that kind of growth any other way on social media without something like clubhouse and three the authenticity of your brand right we, we spoke about it briefly but i think those three things has really enabled people to get one if they've had no following before grow rapidly would you say there's any other benefits outside of those for clubhouse
0: um i definitely think it's a great brand building exercise uh if if you if you want to speak clearly Mm. it's also a great opportunity to learn from people who you know get access to experts in their field Um, and access in the getting people on their podcast. I literally, while I'm speaking to you, got a message from someone who won the Rugby World Cup with South Africa, who I've just arranged a podcast with in literally the last hour, you know, via a message. For me to get access to someone like that normally, I could, but it would take a few months work to get there and go through Mm. levels of red tape. So for me, the connection... Is one of the the benefits of building your network something that i've done through having my podcast screw it just do it through hosting live events um so definitely the connection and how quickly you can make that connection um and then that community you know building a community um that wasn't there before that that for me whatever social media platform i used before it didn't feel natural, didn't feel that word authentic. Um, and it was all a lot of effort for me, like writing a post on Instagram, you know, picking a picture, picking a title, picking the keywords. That's an absolute ball ache for me. Um, doing video is an absolute ball ache for me. Doing a Facebook Live or a LinkedIn Live, I just, I just don't like it. <laughs> Whereas... For me, the benefit of this was that I just spoke like I'd speak at a live event or like I speak on my podcast and people would resonate with what I was saying and people would drop me messages and people would want to work with me. And that's enabled me to then hire more people and build a team and, you know, impact more people by creating podcasts for them. So yeah, for, for me, it's definitely been, you know, that connection and the, the collaborations that have come off the back of it, reconnecting with people that, I used to be friends with in the real world and we've bumped into each other on the app. That's been quite mad. Some people like Pete Cohen um, and Maria hatzis Stefanis, people like that. Um, yeah, it's been, been very, very interesting. Very interesting indeed.
1: Like you said, like an experiment. Um, yeah. But I wonder, is because the celebrities and you know, normal people, normal folk, have a level playing field and that's created essentially the ability for you to connect with the likes of, um, you know, this new podcast guest that you've got. And if at the moment you're currently on this peak, right? So you're, you you could probably define yourself as a micro-influencer. But as, as the audience grows, so it goes from 40 million to 140 million, you're on this top of this peak. Those people that would have seen the benefits of potentially making the connection with those celebrities. Will they not be able to get those connections because, you know, essentially you're still very early days at the moment. And therefore there's going to be a lot more people trying to talk to these people. Mm. And I've, I've met some people on there that I would have interviewed on my podcast. And, and I thought it was great. I've probably never connected with these people before, but if I hadn't, Maybe if I joined Clubhouse a year later, when everything's taken, you know, all, all the influencers are on stage, and then everyone else, yeah. I probably wouldn't have the opportunity to get on stage and talk yeah. to that person.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, I I've ended up going into rooms and you know, everybody does this. they they've become aware of you, they can see how many followers you've mm. got and you get brought up on stage and I've ended up getting brought up on stage in rooms with like bloody vanilla ice and MC hammer, which is hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. Where else in the world would you interact? Where where, would I get the opportunity to interact with people like that? I think it's hilarious. I didn't even want to be on stage with them, but people just look at you, send you an invite to come up on stage. And you're like, Oh, here I am. (laughs) It's bonkers. Like you say, you know, whether that, changes down the tack or, you know, look, celebrities are being created every day. So if it becomes a must, must be seen, must be heard playground, then in theory, there's always going to be a stream of people wanting to come on there and build an audience. And look Mm -hmm. for, for all of these people, you call them influencers, celebrities or whatever, they're always looking for another touch point to interact with their, their followers and give them something that they can't get somewhere else you know it's why somebody launches a book why somebody then launches a podcast while somebody then goes on a reality tv series you know it's creating new content for that audience so you'd think clubhouse gives that
1: so very much took over your life right clubhouse in terms of the way you did marketing got yes. another
0: wife out of it yeah yeah well there you go
1: and uh, <laughs> sabrina would love to hear that i'm sure Tell me an online hubby, yeah. (laughs) But in terms of the way you do marketing, has this forever changed the way you do marketing in terms of where you put your time and your energy? I mean, temporarily, it's it's definitely taken over, yeah. Um, because it's you've got this spread out effect, you know, across Instagram and your other platforms and businesses and, and the rest of it. But going forwards, will this always be the case, or will you be looking at? new things are you always going to be looking for the trends and trying to ride those waves when the new platforms come out so like when when you know facebook rooms becomes more of a thing or twitter spaces becomes more of a thing will they get your time and energy or are you just focusing on clubhouse because you've already built the following there. What what's your thinking? Yeah,
0: good question? Yeah, uh, it's funny, I sent Rob Moore a message the other day. And for those who don't know, you know, like Rob Moore's built a following of like 250,000 people in like wow. 100 days, which is just insane. And it's more followers than he's accrued over 15 years on every other platform combined. And I sent him a message because we host these podcast rooms together. And I literally just said, do you, do you honestly think we're still gonna be doing this in a year? It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable, takes a lot of energy. Um, even if you think of people who host a daily radio show, they're not going in other radio shows and answering questions and listening. They might be listening in in the car or on the way to work, but not being an active participant. So, um, Look, for me, and it's interesting, I've actually gone back to the other forms of social media that I've actually neglected recently, which we're starting about tomorrow. I literally haven't been on LinkedIn or Facebook or any of these yeah. platforms for like 100 days. If I had a bigger team, yeah, I would have stayed on there. But because my team was a certain size and now it's this size, you focus your attention where you're getting the reward, don't you? So, and I'll, and I'll you know, the example being, I went. I went and did uh, a Facebook Live in my Facebook group of like nearly 800 people. And I think two or three people turned up. Same day I did, and I marketed that for a week in the group. This is the date we're doing it. This is the date we're doing it. Here's the artwork, you know, here's the, you know, create the event, everyone gets a Mm -hmm. notification. Went on Clubhouse, zero marketing, put a room on, 2,000 people arrived during the course of 90 minutes. I mean, it's, it's a no brainer, yeah? It's a no-brainer. What, of course. Why would I spend my attention? And, and Rob Rob Moore, I think, remember him saying something similar that you know in his rooms get far more people than, than, than mine because he's got more followers. So those followers get notified when he goes live. But he said, same thing. He did a Facebook post and he's got, I don't know, 160,000 people on Facebook. And he said, Facebook showed it to 120 people. Yeah, he goes in a Clubhouse and he probably has stick a zero on the end of what I do you probably had 20,000 people turn up over 90 minutes so you you focus your attention where you're you know that dopamine hit where you're getting rewarded don't you so I do think it will change because it's not sustainable but whether we we still have a daily show but everything else is being run by other people that's probably more I could mm. I could see myself doing a daily show still you know yeah. that 30 minutes 60 minutes 90 minutes. I just wouldn't be spending 18 hours a day on the app which yeah we've all been there and done that at some point yeah.
1: in time well i i definitely did at some point and uh <laughs> no i literally did nothing for a month um yeah. Yeah, going yeah, i literally basically
0: did nothing for a month
1: yeah yeah and uh, and then i was like well the real world still exists out there and i actually have to make money so let's yeah. let's kind of let's curb my addiction because that's what it was right it was dopamine hits like you said uh, so that's, that's really bit funny bit. but um that's interesting, though, that the raw notifications of something like Clubhouse that's not being micromanaged by these social media platforms. You know, So Facebook micromanages it because that's the way it works, right? You, you do a post, you go in a feedback loop, it will show it to a certain amount of people. And then it goes up in, in another loop, it will show it to a bigger audience and a bigger audience and a bigger audience. Whereas the likes of Clubhouse, probably one, they're not clever enough to do that yet. Yeah? because they're so small, yeah. so new. And the other thing is um, that I do get, I do feel like I do get a bit of a clubhouse bombardment though. I don't know how you feel. Like lots of people inviting me into it. And, and I, I have had blindness to certain rooms that I actually do would like to go and join because I've seen certain notifications and I've just kind of assumed that it's not the room for me because loads of people have like invited me in. Um, and that, that is frustrating. Like I do, I miss your room sometimes because you know, I don't necessarily see the notification come up and I just, it's just not in my frame of mind to remember to go and do that. It's not like I set a calendar re- Remind reminder. Um, and so mm-hmm. I can see why Facebook and the likes do manage notifications because it wants to give you the best results that you actually engage because that's the that's the trick right is that they get you to engage on on things that you you want to engage in um but i think that's the point i think that's you know why you you and the likes of Rob Moore are really focusing in on on doing clubhouses because they just don't have that micromanagement yet of of your followers
0: yeah and he literally said it openly at the start i've literally told my family that I'll see you. Pete Cohen said the same thing. I'll, I'll see you in three months. I'm I've, I've recognized this as, as an opportunity to, you know, build a community, scale my audience, get my message to a wider audience and I'm going all in. And, you know, I had that conversation with Sabrina, you know, my co-host, she literally just said, first of all, I, she tried to get me on the app, I think three times before I accepted. And then I was like, you know, because the first reaction was how much do I need another social media platform in my life? Mm-hmm. Like zero. Then when I was on it, I'm like, I'm so grateful that you did. And then she was like, right, we need to double down on this for February. And I was like, 100%. I've recognized that as well. Let's double down on it. And then it got to March and she was like, we need to triple down on this. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. we do. But I don't know if my health can take it. But we did, um, you know, by committing to a daily show Monday to Friday, then a Monday through Sunday show. Um, So yeah, look, it's been, it is super interesting. I hope it continues. I hope the people that are, you know, the first to market those early adopters feel invested enough that they stick with it and enough curious new people want to come on and then find it sticky enough to, to hang around as well. So it's, you know, it's been transformative to my business. I'm in the audio business. It's an audio only app, you know, one of those moments. So, and, um, yeah, clearly, you know, for one way, shape or form, you know, I've had my podcast for nearly four years now it will be four years old next month. So, um, I feel quite comfortable in an audio environment and that must come across on clubhouse as well. So, for me yeah fully fully invested um and we'll yeah we'll just we'll continue to double down on it and we'll we'll see where that takes us until we have to you know make it make adjustments on the journey as we go you know have had conversation yesterday about strategy and you see what other people are doing and what's working what's not working so we'll just yeah keep adjusting it but for the moment it's it's been great i couldn't recommend it more highly enough to any people but at the same time with that disclaimer don't let it take over your life
1: mm, i I'd, I'd agree yeah so all right what's the advice you give to people first starting on clubhouse what's what is it that they should think about what is it they should do once they hit clubhouse um how can they get the most out of it
0: um i think always remember pete cohen saying this uh when you first come onto the app and i wholeheartedly agree him, you first come on the app listen just listen just go into rooms listen um find you know what resonates with you who resonates with you follow those people and you will then see rooms as they call them you know events every day from those people and if you There's a notification bell if you switch that to always, when that person hosts anything on the platform, you'll be notified of it. Whereas if you follow for follow's sake, you'll only see crap rooms. Like if you follow people because they're good looking or you find them funny (laughs) or I don't know, whatever, then if they're running rooms on, I don't know, um, Genoese grasshoppers, then you're only gonna see rooms about Genoese grasshoppers, no idea where they came from. I um, think it's something to do with your background being green. I reckon. I reckon subconsciously, I was thinking maybe green animals, um, yeah. insects. But I would, I would listen. Um, I would follow those people that I resonate with and I want to hear more of. Um, I would identify where there's a gap in what you would like to learn about, where you feel your interests and your expertise meet, and then start a room talking about those subjects where you feel is lacking on the app, but do it with somebody else, reach out to other people that you've been following and see if you can do something with them. Cause everybody's up for collaboration on, on the app to start with. I couldn't say no to everybody who wanted to collaborate. Cause again, it was addictive, that dopamine, I'm doing different rooms with different people, but now it's I've learned to stay in my lane. And it's very much, I think like starting out in, as an entrepreneur, you say yes to everything. Maybe when you're in twenties and thirties, when you're then in your forties and fifties, you start to learn to say no to everything mm. because you want to stick with your mission and, and, and your goal. But to get those opportunities that lead you to your goal, you often have to say yes to everything at the beginning. You just get a bit more, you know, focused and strategic with it. So um, yeah, that would be my advice. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but that would be my advice initially coming on okay. to, onto clubhouse. Yeah.
1: So we'll kind of wrap this podcast up now, but um, I want to get your three hacks, your three hacks when it comes to, you know, Clubhouse, building your Clubhouse following your top three quick wins. What would those be?
0: Building your Clubhouse following three quick wins. So I, I would say, um, let's go follow people that you you truly resonate with reach out to them and see if there are grounds for collaboration Um, i.e you've gone in a room you've listened to them send them a message on instagram that you enjoyed speaking to them that you're thinking of starting a room hosting x y and z we you would love to um, host a room with them because you resonated with what they were saying so that would be one hack because you you, you can't do it on your own Uh, you really can't two um, it would be as soon as you can start doing your own rooms and don't be put off by the fact that two people might turn up there's still two people two more people than you knew yesterday that you impacted yesterday Um, and third is you know this is broad, general advice that you can take for anything in life, but just be consistent with it. I saw, I've seen so many people on the app who I've become friends with who stopped doing that. They did a couple of rooms. They ran a room for weeks, maybe a couple of months, and then they stopped. For me, it's like anything, whether you're saving money, whether you are you know, building a business, small actions compounded over time lead to success. And even though it is really tough doing something daily. Um, I've definitely seen the benefit of doing that on a regular basis, literally just being consistent with it. Um, So yeah, those, those would be my three quick wins. Those would be my three quick wins. Yeah.
1: And if anyone wanted to go away and learn more about this, do you know uh, where they can, what resources are available for them to get?
0: Um, actually put together a course on Clubhouse, which I haven't actually mentioned to anybody yet on any platform with a, with a guy called Scott Stockdale over on Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. So if you know the Udemy platform, um, so me, Alex Chisnell, Scott Stockdale put together a course on how to get the maximum benefit from Clubhouse. Um, so that that will probably be the the most obvious starting point, I would say, other than listening to this podcast again.
1: And uh, if people wanted to connect with you on either Clubhouse or um, about your podcasts, what is the best way of doing so? How can they connect with you?
0: Yeah, um, easiest way for me um, is, it's funny you direct everybody to Instagram now because of Clubhouse, but I would say if you're on Clubhouse or you're coming into Clubhouse, do follow me at podprinter is my handle. Um, On Instagram, I'm at Alex Chisnell with an underscore at the end um, you'll be able to find me and yeah my podcast is called screw it just do it in the entrepreneurship space Um, would love for you to listen and um, let me know what you think of it in the reviews below
1: great awesome thanks alex
0: you're very very welcome
1: are you impressed with alex's follower growth i certainly am but what did you think of his quick wins Quick win number one, follow people that you resonate with and reach out to them to see if they would like to collaborate. Quick win number two, as soon as you can, start running your own rooms. Quick win number three, be consistent with running your rooms and don't give up. And what was your favourite bit of the show? You can tell me on Clubhouse, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok or YouTube where you can find me with at Hair Digital. And remember, there are several other podcasts available to listen to, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And whilst you're there, I'd be so grateful if you can subscribe and write a review. But until next time, I'm your Quick Win CEO, signing out.